And there's the bell. Coming July 28th from the Bosnet family. I think the movie goes too hard. And I am sorry to say that it is underwhelming. I've never seen someone take six clean shots to the head in a combination. Sweet Science Cinema, hosted by Hall of Famer Jamil Hemphill and Kush Hayes. We got a guest tonight. We're talking to director Len Kabazinski. I'm excited to talk about this one. Walter Hill's Undisputed. You know, this is like asking Roy Jones Jr. to fight one of the Klitschko's. Sweet Science Cinema. I wasn't really rooting for either of them. Sweet Science Cinema number four. Fiend Range is too much of an a-hole right from the jump. And I think Walter Hill thought it was awesome. Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer Jameel Hemphill. The entire movie, he's like beating people up for no reason. Kush Hayes. They have their own arena. Sweet Science Cinema. Expect something wild and crazy. Next episode, July 28th. From the Bosnet family. In a real fight, I think I'd still bet on Wesley. Who's the real villain? Microdose, yeah. Microdose. Microdose. Microdose, dose, dose. Microdose. Microdose, dose, dose. Microdose. Microdose, dose, dose. Good y'all, Cushé is here coming to you, episode 76 of the Microdose. It's a special schedule this week, so society has reopened up, and uh, as you are listening to this, as this downloads onto your, your mo- mobile device, I am currently inhaling exhaust fumes at the NHRA in Sonoma, California, maybe Sonora, California. I get the two mixed up and they sound so similar, <laughs> but helping me rush this weekend's project. Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer, Jamil Hempel. How you doing, buddy? Hey, what's up, my man? Doing great. Uh, fine afternoon on a weekend when we're recording this. And uh, yeah, limber and ready to talk about some cool shows and movies. Yeah, man. Now, I understand you, yeah. you haven't seen the Space Jam 2 yet. Uh, did, have you seen the original? Oh, yeah. Uh, the original, big fan, obviously, of the soundtrack. Uh, mm. But uh, I, I have not seen the new Space Jam. I just... Sometimes you got to realize something's not being made for you. And I don't yes. think the new Space Jam is being made for me. So uh, no, uh, my daughter no. has seen it. And, and if she chooses to see it again, I'll watch it with her. But it's not something I'm going to seek out because I just don't think that one's being made for me. It's definitely not made for you, a man in his 40s. <laughs> yes. um, so my, my feelings on Space Jam 2 when it was always just whispers and rumors and, oh, you know, LeBron wants to make a Space Jam. And it's like... My attitude about it was why? Why couldn't he just yeah. make a different movie or, or exactly. do something else? Like, I thought it was one of those projects that were just never going to get made. And for a long time, it was looking like that. Like, it was going to be like the next Bill and Ted 3, where it's just like, you know, they want to do it, but they just can't get yeah. it together. Right. And I think it, I think this is when I actually had help with the COVID. Finally, like, everyone's schedule's wide open. We got the green screens back here. Let's just, let's rock this out. Having said that, it is 100% what it promised you. There's a lot of questions, but why would you bother taking the time to ask them? I'm seeing a lot of people online like just hating on the film. It's like you're you're a 30-year-old person with no children. Why did you even... What did you think you were going to see? This isn't fine art, first of all. I see people saying like, just because it's a children's movie doesn't mean it doesn't. it can't be a bad story. Like, I actually can. Yeah, this... This movie is for eight-year-olds. Like, don't don't worry about it. Yeah, um, I just I'm just worried that you know 
LeBron doesn't deserve a lot of the, the Jordan comparisons. Like people compare, I mean, it's one thing to compare them on the court and their sports accomplishments, but it seems like everything this guy does, they compare it to Jordan. I'm like, why would you make the one movie that Michael Jordan <laughs> Like, don't do that. You're going to, you're inviting the comparisons and the sound is going to win every time. Mm-hmm. It's going to win every time. Like Space Jam viewed now isn't necessarily that great of a movie. No. It's, it's, it's not. It, I but, watched but, it last night and I was just like, yeah, this is still a funny cartoon. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. It's pretty good, but it's not great. Jordan can't act. I, I will. I think LeBron actually is a better actor than Michael Jordan, um, probably because he <laughs> yes. grew up in the limelight. And he's, he, you know, he's been forced to be on TV a lot more than Michael Jordan ever was in, in terms of yeah. actually, you know, trying to entertain people on TV. He's done a lot more interviews. He's done a lot more uh, uh, behind the scenes stuff, right? Like he, he's he's and he's done it since he was 18. Whereas Michael Jordan uh, took him a while to become the icon that he was. So uh, I think you know he's a better screen presence. I'm like, why would you waste that on Space Jam? Like, do something different. I don't know what it could be, but but do something different. Like, do a like Mike, do a like LeBron. Then, like, <laughs> don't do you know because you're you're mm-hmm. definitely going to be better than like Mike. Don't don't do something that holds a special place in everyone's heart. Like I haven't seen the movie, but I I guarantee you, people are now going to start making comparisons, invites comparisons, and it's like you've been trying to avoid that your whole life. You should probably stop that. You know. I think he invites it. I think he welcomes it. I think he yeah. I think he enjoys it now because he has actually a couple more accomplishments than Michael does. But you know what's missing from the new Space Jam is you mentioned it right off the top the soundtrack. There's no soundtrack to this. Like. The space, the original Space Jam soundtrack, it is a product of his time. Like you get that hot Lana beat at the beginning that is yeah. no real place, but I'm still just like, <laughs> all right, yeah, let's get up and jam, y'all. It's 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 the Space Jam, y'all. All right. Uh, the the negative reactions that I'm seeing online are are ridiculous to the point of we're like, I knew I was gonna be in danger if I stuck my finger in the light socket, but then I stuck my finger in the light socket and I got angry that it was dangerous. <laughs> anyway, uh, not a terrible movie. It was much better than I thought it could would have been. It needs to be twenty five minutes shorter. Yeah, they, they try to like create characters, which is nice. We just want to see Looney Tunes and slam dunks, and that's it. All right, let's not let's not get too complicated here. Um, yeah, see, Marvel's had Murray, a big though. month. Yeah, no Bill Murray. That's no disappointing. Murray. Yeah, yeah. No, anyway. no Murray. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to. I almost wanted to spoil something for you, just because I don't know. Yeah, you know okay, I, I, I'm probably not gonna, gonna see it. I'm probably not. Gonna, there's I a mean, Jordan cameo. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, was, it's uh, was, it's a fun it, scene. Oh, okay, cool. I had heard something about that. I heard something about that. That's as much as I'll say because I was okay. just like, they didn't do that. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. <laughs> Marvel had a big weekend, a uh, big, yes. big, I guess, big month actually. People have been digging the Loki. Uh, yeah, Black Widow just came out as well. Have you seen both of them? Do you like I've, both of them? What's the? I've what's seen the both. I've seen both. Uh, Black Widow was a fine movie about a, a family reunion, which is really cool. Mm. Um, Loki, I think, actually is by far the best of the Marvel shows. Because it's because it's intrinsically immersed in the story, the overall arcing story. I think one we know we now know that Loki was is going to have a second season, 
So it allowed mm-hmm. them to be, you know, really exposition-y and, and not have to wrap up the story. Like like Captain America and the Winter Soldier, um, we had to get the resolution of Sam becoming Cap. We needed the new Captain America. WandaVision was about mm-hmm. uh, Wanda's trauma. So by definition, even if you got a second se- uh, season of WandaVision, it cannot be the premise that's in the first season, right? Like we had to have a resolution mm-hmm. on her holding a town hostage. Uh, so um, okay. Loki, however, has a very open ending. Uh, I really enjoy it. And for those who aren't Marvel fans, you thought Thanos was bad. Just wait till Kane gets started. Jonathan Majors as the as the he who remains, which is Kang is super comic booky. Comparing Kang to Thanos and level of comic bookiness is like comparing mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy to Iron Man. Like mm-hmm. Iron Man, Iron Man is, is a comic book, but it's somewhat real not realistic but somewhat based in reality and and you can kind of follow along except that it's not really a stretch of the imagination to imagine someone building an exosuit and flying around guardians of the galaxy throws a tree and a raccoon you know it's super comic booky and uh thanos uh they kind of um really simplified his motivations in the movies his philosophy is a little more understanding you know it's, it's easy to comprehend because you have people who think like that in our own society, right? So, you know, the overpopulation and whatnot. And so, uh, Kang, however, is just comic booky. They, okay. He's a guy. Uh, they they really nailed his origin. He is a scientist who figures out alternate realities and starts working with it, with himself basically. Um, and then, uh, yeah, they they try to take over the timeline. And um, uh, you could be fighting him. You could, he has aliases, so you could be fighting a totally unrelated villain, and you find out that it's actually a variant of Kang, who he oh, sent wow. back in time. I mean, he has <laughs> he has an ancient Egyptian version called Rama Tut. He has uh, a Mortis, oh, wow. uh, he who remains. There are much different um, uh, things that aren't even Kang. It's just random other villains that you find out later. There are, there are versions of him that are heroes. Um, they seem to be building towards the Young Avengers. Um, mm-hmm. The Young Avengers, mm-hmm. they set up uh, Scott Lang's daughter, who is a Young Avenger in Captain America Winter Soldier. Isaiah Bradley has a grandson, who is a Young Avenger. Mm-hmm. Ms. Marvel, who's getting her own show, is a Young Avenger. And the Iron Man version of the Young Avengers is Iron Lad, which is actually a young version of Kang that he sends back in time to try to mess up the Avengers. But he decides he doesn't want to grow up and be Kang, so he becomes a hero named Iron Lad. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kang is a complicated villain who could be the villain literally in every single Marvel movie in Phase Four, but but actually be a different character. So it's a, I can see why someone like Jonathan Majors, which would want to play this character, because we're probably going to see just how good he is as an actor as this this character is used throughout the Marvel movies. So it's going to be really cool. It's going to be really cool. Jonathan Majors has been doing uh, Lovecraft County on HBO. I haven't seen yeah. it yet. I uh, uh, he popped up on everyone's radar during. The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Where has he been yes. before that? I think The Last Black Man in San Francisco is his is his big debut. Um, and okay. I have not I have not seen that. Everyone has told me that is a must watch. But I, I really Let's believe, try. yeah. Uh, I mean, he's he's got about two, three, four credits before Last Black Man in San Francisco, but they're small movies. Okay. And so now he's, you know, the, the Five Bloods. You know, I think Lovecraft Country was his big thing, and. It's a fantastic, fantastic show. Okay. Um, yeah, really disappointed they didn't get a, a second season, but that one season is a classic. 
Great it, show. Did it leave the door open for another season, or is it pretty much a self-contained story? Both. You oh, can end okay, the story. Good. You can end the story right there, but there were hundreds of directions they could have gone gone on. They actually, it's funny that he's playing Kang because the Lovecraft Country and its science fiction did bring in the concept of alternate realities or alternate places to go. So uh, they could have visited one of those realities or just went forward with the story. And and the uh, creator uh, has shared parts of the season two Bible. So they were prepared, but I guess HBO elected not to move forward. So. Hmm. Okay. What'd you think of the Black Widow? Uh, I enjoyed it. Super actiony. Mm-hmm. Obviously good. Uh, introducing uh, Florence Pugh as the uh, spoiler alert for everybody who hasn't seen it, but Florence Pugh is introduced as a new Black Widow, basically. Mm-hmm. We've always known. I don't know if it's been expressly said in the movies, but Black Widow is a designation, not necessarily a code name. It, they definitely said it in the movie. I mean, it's the Black Widow program, but I, I think that's confusing for a lot of just the casual fans are like, well, yeah, no, exactly. this is the Black Widow, but like, yeah. oh, they she's all have the Black same Widow. uniform. Yeah, she's a Black Widow. She's just they the only, the same she's the only uh, she was just the only one working for S.H.I.E.L.D. So I don't think they've expressly said it in the previous movies that she was a Black Widow and not the Black Widow. Uh, but this movie makes that very apparent that she's a Black Widow. So I think they're, they introduced Florence Pugh, um, David Harbour as the, uh, uh, not the Crimson Dynamo, but um, <laughs> Red, Red Guardian. Red Guardian, yeah, who is yeah. So it's cool. Like they, they set up a bunch of teams, really expanded the universe. And I think people are uh, uh, like comic fans. Obviously, that's what Marvel does so good because there's, there's these things that comic fans see and can get excited about. And then people mm-hmm. who aren't fans just get a really good movie too. So there's a cameo in there. There's actually the first mutant in the in the Marvel universe. Oh, the the guy that David Harbour or the Red Guardian defeats in an arm wrestling match, who doubts that he's met Captain America. Uh, okay. And he calls and then he like calls him a big bear. That is actually Ursa Major, who is uh, a Russian mutant. So uh, he actually has the ability to turn into a bear. Um, okay. He's part of he's part of a Russian Avenger team named the Red Guard or the Winter Guard. Excuse me. So, uh, uh, side side tangent: Have you seen Guardians, or I think that's what it's called, the the Russian superhero film? No, you know what? That's on my list. I need to watch that. Watch <laughs> it's that. fun. Okay, yeah, I've seen it. It's fun. It's it's a nice, tight ninety minutes, maybe even eighty nine minutes. Uh, it it successfully tells the story of five characters coming together. Like we, uh, at one point, we try to get a little deep, but even then, that's just like just move it along, move it along, Ninja. Come on. <laughs> Um, yeah, but they some, have a bear over there. Oh, bear, a bear yeah. character, a, a were bear, I should say. So he's yeah. he's already a super buff dude who's a yeah. scientist. And when you know his his natural human ability isn't enough, he he turns into a were bear. So he's his top half's a bear, bottom half his legs. But you know he carries a Gatling gun. And then if that's not enough, then he just turns into a bear and just mauls everybody. Um, awesome! Uh, awesome! <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, Sweet. what is happening here? It's uh, <laughs> I think it's like five bucks on iTunes. Yes, you should, you okay. should absolutely check it out. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Night Watch, which is a great book by a Russian author, and they make those for some good Russian movies too. Those were great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I saw this in the 4DX, and I've already talked about it in, a, in the previous microdose, but like I'm just being shook around the entire time. <laughs> like if, if a car hits a bump, you know, the chair bumps, if the, the plane shaking everything's shaking 
There's there's an option to turn off water, which I was super stoked about. So we turned that mm-hmm. shit off. Um, <laughs> but like the during the avalanche on the the Russian prison, oh yeah, like, snow just shoots out of a of a, a fan randomly, and I was, first oh, I was like, wow, is that is that like styrofoam or is it snow? And I I think it's just snow. <laughs> uh, if if Scarlett Johansson's in a fight and someone punches her in the liver and she goes ah like there's a there's a hydraulic that punches you in the liver and then you go ah 40x was a little little too much for me man yeah I, I think I sent you a couple texts and I was just like I feel like a toddler in a baby's high chair this isn't okay like I feel really out of my element here uh, yeah it was it was a good movie being a huge nerd for me the Marvel movies are like pizza even when they're bad they're still pretty good. Okay. So, like, I, you know, I'm never going to probably, I, they have yet to make a movie that's bad, you know. They're still fun to watch, and it's cool to see the characters. Mm-hmm. I think we've discussed this before. The only movie I have a problem with is Captain Marvel, and it has nothing to do with the character herself or even the story. It's really just my problem with the treatment of the Rambo family. So mm-hmm. that's the only, only complaint I've ever had about any Marvel movie. So I definitely enjoyed it. I think it's a must-watch Obviously, I had my own feelings. You know, I couldn't. My daughter's unvaccinated, so I did not take her to the movie theater to see it. But if you're vaccinated and, and you're able to go see it, I would definitely still watch it. It's a big action, some great set pieces. I would love to see those on the big screen. So mm. I still really enjoyed it. You know, I, I still give it a 7.5 out of 10. You know, it, it was it wasn't fantastic. No, but you know, we're seeing it. We're seeing it way after we were supposed to, and it definitely it felt like we're seeing it out of order. You know, I really wish they could have made this movie right after Civil War. That would have been great, yeah. right? As I was watching it, I just treated it like this is that movie I somehow missed six years ago because of yeah. things. And thanks to that mentality, I was able to just go like, yeah, that's, you know, solid movie, entertaining. It's still a formula, but for, that's why formulas work. Exactly, um, exactly. Do you think if this came out six years ago, would it have been better or would it have been a better event even? Because these are yeah, still I think events. That, I mean, it's hard. Not only are we seeing a character who probably a movie that probably should have been made, you know, before, but we're also seeing a character that's dead. Mm-hmm. It's really, really hard. Prequels are really, really tough to me. I'm not a huge fan of prequels. I figure if you're gonna do a prequel, it probably should be something like, like, you know, I know people, a lot of people hate these movies, but it should probably be like Star Wars, where mm-hmm. it's years before, and you're only talking to like one character that you know what's gonna happen. You know, like, like we know it's, it's it's literally about something. It's it's a question that's been asked and we never got the full story of how Darth Vader fell to the dark side. Like, we, we don't know that, right? We don't know mm-hmm. everything. So you go back, like, you don't want a prequel of Luke pod racing, right? Because we know he has <laughs> to win. We know he's going to survive. Like, it, like, with Star Wars, you have all these other characters that they make you care about, you know? And whether or not we like the acting or we like the way the story turned out, at least there's a whole bunch of characters that you care about and we're waiting for this thing to happen. And then we want to see what happens to them at the end, you know, maybe somehow they survive. Maybe they don't, we don't know, but um, it answers questions and shows us a a part of the story without being uh, beholden to the stuff that comes after with this one. It's totally beholden. We know that it's not a long time ago or, you know, somewhere far away or whatever. We know she has to survive here. It starts and ends with set pieces of her trying to get away from Ross and we know she has to get away from Ross because she's on the run at the beginning of Infinity War. We know that no matter what, when she's swinging through the helicopter and being dragged over and trying to escape an avalanche, we know she has to survive because 
not only do we know she's right, we know she's going to die later. It's it's this there's there's a certain amount of apathy that comes in there, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think it would have been way more exciting to watch if it came out right after Civil War. It would have been way more I exciting, agree. you know, you know. But then again, you couldn't have Julia Louis Dreyfus as a cameo in there. Do we need that cameo though? Like, I, mean, I think that, that a, cameo is specifically to sell the the Hawkeye TV show. Um, well, it, it actually she's putting together the Dark Avengers. That's what's okay. happening. Yeah, so I have a feeling that the next big, well, not big thing. I don't think there's going to be any necessarily big bad where all the space stories combine with all the Avengers story where we get everybody on screen anymore. I think there's going to be kind of like separate stories. And I think like Kang's going to be fighting a subset of whatever Marvel heroes are out there. And mm-hmm. um, But I think the next big Avengers story is the Young Avengers versus the Dark Avengers. You know, because I mean, it sounds uh, exciting, but yeah, so like they, they've set up all the young Avengers, and uh, Allegra de Fontaine is actually basically uh, a twisted version of Nick Fury because she's got she's got her fake Captain America, she's getting her fake, not, not fake, but dark Captain mm-hmm. America, she's getting her dark Black Widow. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. probably see, uh, she'll probably work with Ross to get Abomination, who will then be their dark, dark Hulk, you know, and and they'll keep on getting like, I don't know. A cool thing to do would be if they have the rights to Daredevil again, just get the guy who played Bullseye, and that could be your dark Hawkeye. Um, nice, you know. But we'll see. But but she's putting together her own Avengers team that is morally questionable, mm-hmm. and it may be up to the young Avengers, which are the actual scions of, of each Avenger, to stop. So I think we'll see that. But yeah, she's definitely a twisted version of Nick Fury, but she doesn't work until after Endgame, till there's really no more Avengers, you gotcha. know, for her to take advantage of the situation so yeah. we got shang chi coming up in two months thoughts feelings are you looking forward to it are, uh, at know, what point do I, these just become like oh well this is just another chapter in the marvel cinematic universe yeah yeah it, it, it definitely feels that way i'm not a huge fan of aquafina so i'm excited about everybody but aquafina uh, okay. i think seeing aquafina on this cast is kind of like seeing uh, i'm gonna date myself but it's kind of like to take it back to space jam it's kind of like seeing christian leitner on the uh, dream team <laughs> it's like <laughs> this is the greatest team ever assembled why is he there but uh saying she is really good it should open up a new corner of, of the marvel universe and i'm really looking forward to seeing their version of the mandarin I love the idea of the 10 rings being bracers. That's mm-hmm. super cool uh, because they were literal rings um, in the comics. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that would look a little too much like Thanos, another guy with like power on his hand. So instead mm-hmm. of making them, instead of using there, the actual bracers that can be used in martial arts, which should lean towards the action in the movie. Like, I think it should be exciting. It'd be really cool to see Marvel make a cool Kung Fu flick. Like that's going to mm-hmm. be cool. I was talking to some of my friends, uh, Asian friends, who are like, are you guys ex- excited about this as like black people were when, I mean, I knew kind of part of the answer before the answer, but, you know, they were like, well, I don't think so because, you know, in America, we kind of lump Asian people together, but this is a mm-hmm. Chinese movie. Mm-hmm. So if you're Korean or Japanese, it's like, man, I mean, cool, but <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. us. You know what I mean? So, right, right, um, right. yeah, you know, whereas uh, with a with a movie that stars a black cast, the borders don't matter as much, you know? Right. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it'll be the cultural touch point that Black Panther was, but I still think it'll mm-hmm. be a highly successful movie. Okay. Speaking of uh, Kung Fu films, uh, today Snake Eyes comes out. Uh, any thoughts, any feelings? 
it's kind of snuck up on me. Uh, yeah. I haven't really paid attention aside from the awesome little mini commercial they did where they made fun of the GI Joe PSAs and the uh, oh, and the cool cartoon. They have a, yeah, it's really good. They're like Snake Eyes. He's like, I'm not Snake Eyes. I'm Henry Golding. And then proceeds to <laughs> do like a bunch of ninja moves. It's really funny. Uh, <laughs> it's right. really cute. But uh, the one thing I will say is it has Larry Hama's seal of a funeral. Larry Hama enjoyed the movie. The uh, creator of everything we love about G.I. Joe was pretty much that guy writing the Marvel comic in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he basically wrote the Bible that gave each Joe their name. Um, mm-hmm. And he wrote the cartoon. Okay. Like Snake Eyes is basically his character. So uh, uh, he has given it his seal of approval. He enjoyed it. So I'm going to vicariously say, hey, Larry Hama says go see it. I'm going to go see it. Is that something you think you want to see in the theater this weekend or even at all? Or are you just going to wait for the Netflix thing? Yeah, there's a bunch of movies I would love to see in a theater. I, I just don't know if I'll have time or the inclination to go out to the theater. You know, if you go mm-hmm. see it, man, I probably should call me and I'll probably <laughs> that'll probably get mm-hmm. me out of the house. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely like all these big sci-fi action adventure movies. It's very lucky that the the stuff I nerd out about is the stuff that you probably want to see in a theater. Like anything with a lot of special mm-hmm. effects, you know, if Gone Girl came out today, I probably wouldn't go see that in the theater. But, you know, stuff like Snake Eyes, Black <laughs> Widow, stuff with Sanchi with a lot of explosions, a lot of special effects, I think it's mm-hmm. worth it. You know, that's worth the ticket price. I think I'd be more excited about it if it was just called Electric Ninja Training as opposed to trying to <laughs> squeeze it into the G.I. Joe brand. And yeah. I, I, I keep thinking like, well, that's not Snake Eyes. And, and, then, and then I go, you know, just, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be 43 this summer, dude. Just shut. G.I. Joe has been like rebooted twice since you were a child 35 years ago. It's okay. Just shut up. It's, it's a toy. That's all it is. So uh, that's how I got through the first two G.I. Joe films. Like people were trying to hate it. Like the RZA, RZA ain't training no one to be a ninja. Like, you know, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> it's a toy. <laughs> We're not doing real ninja shit here, guys. It's it's fine. <laughs> Anyways, I think this is a great uh, great place for us to end. Jamil, you got anything you want to plug, please? Go to mpccomics.com and pick up my latest series, Sun Lar. As you listen to this, the series should be complete. It's a four-issue miniseries. Uh, pick it up. Uh, cool little comedy about an alien that passes his power to a, a drunken fry cook and uh, hilarity ensues. <laughs> <laughs> That does sound fun. You, me, and director Len Kawazinski are going to get together at the end of this month, July 28th, for Sweet Science Cinema Number 4, where the three of us are going to be talking uh, Walter Hill's Undisputed. It's a, it's a yeah. great, great conversation. It's a not-so-great movie, but uh, <laughs> guys, tune in for it. You're going to enjoy it. Otherwise, check out uh, the Waffle Box podcast. That's a non-Bosnet event. Hey, let's have a lot of fun. That's every Wednesday. Me and fan of the family, Mike Fish. That's where you can find us. I've been Kush Hayes. And Jamil Hemphill. You've been you. Microdose, 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 yeah, microdose. From the Bosnet family. It's going to be really cool.